Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss how to cut out the middleman. A hardcore apple fishing campaign, a.k.a. Roaming Mantis. And Time Well Serpent, an interactive April Fool's prank. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number nine, recorded on April 8th, 2019. I'm your co-host, brighter than the pun, LaBelle, with me, co-host Emily, can I pet your dog, Hacker, and last but not least, Tim, can my finches pet your dog, Helming. I don't want to throw you off, but you forgot your first name, Kelsey. You just went right into the pun. I'm just brighter than the pun. (laughs) It's totally worth it. That's all right. That's what I want you to remember. (laughs) Yeah. You know how many songs have the word sun in them i'm learning a lot because that's how i'm doing my intro every Plenty. time oh you're, you're picking song <laughs> song titles and song titles yeah um, girls just want to have pun brighter than the pun black hole pun yeah there you ah, go we've been sucked into the black hole pun <laughs> that is actually the new name of our podcast yes yes black hole pun. <laughs> that and three angry people three right. angry right. people three angry that. people that's Along a new with segment the algorithms the algorithms the band is back together um, for what it's worth, Tim has finches. What are your finches named again, Tim? Oh, uh, we currently have uh, La Fonda. My La- kids are big <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite fans. <laughs> and Flossie. Flossie. La Fonda. Yes. Flossie. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I don't actually know if they want to pet your dog, but I'm trying to encourage <laughs> them to expand their horizons and you know get more involved with things and. Uh, uh, you know, Seems not leave such not lead such circumscribed lives. <laughs> I mean, just because they're finches doesn't lives. mean that they, they should, you know, spread should limit wings. themselves. Oh, spread their wings. Wow. Yep. Yep. So anyway, you know, I, I'm just, even if they're not dog lovers to, for themselves now, I, I want to encourage them to be. How will so. they ever know if they're not, that they're not dog lovers if they never try? Yeah, exactly. You've got the right idea. Do you have birds? Because <laughs> you catch on to this. <laughs> Glad to see these ideas taking flight. Um, let's move on to our first conversation topic, which is how to cut out the middleman. Um, so basically, Checkpoint Research discovered a vulnerability in a pre-installed security app called Guard Provider, which is ironically in place to protect a mobile phone from malware. Um, so Tim, for starters, what is this vulnerability associated with Guard Provider? So... Here, Xiaomi, for those who aren't familiar, is a mobile phone manufacturer, and um, they are a Chinese company, and their market share is definitely way higher in China than anywhere else, but right now they have about 8% market share globally, I guess. Um, But they have a pre-installed app on their phone, ironically a security app, which is vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attacks, um, which could carry out all kinds of nasty things from... Um, packet sniffing, stealing passwords, to injecting malcode onto your phone, stuff like that. So pretty nasty kind of vulnerability. Um, It does uh, have some mitigating factors. The most important one is it's been patched. Um, It was responsibly disclosed, and it was patched by Xiaomi shortly after disclosure. So there shouldn't be, hopefully, too many people who are actually exposed to this vulnerability right now. But um, for any that 
that are, it's dangerous. Um, it does require that the attacker be on the same segment uh, as you. So since this is mobile devices we're talking about, the same segment essentially means the same Wi-Fi segment. Um, and so an attacker would have to either choose their target and know when they could get onto the same segment as them or just opportunistically, you know, hang out at a coffee shop or something like that with open Wi-Fi and try to pick off um, victims in there. So, um, but it's just interesting in that this is one of these things like the, um, the ASUS one before where as soon as you receive the device, it's already vulnerable. Like it's not that you had some lapse in your uh, precautions or your security practices that made it vulnerable, it came to you that way. So um, these aren't the first or last times we're going to hear about this, hopefully not a new one every week, but, um, but they are a reality of our world. So it's good in this case that this got caught and patched seemingly pretty quickly. What are some things that organizations can do with the uptick and employees bringing their own mobile devices into the workplace? Um, you mentioned having two wireless networks. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, I think um, the most uh, important thing to do, and this is true regardless of this particular vulnerability, is um, if the devices are not under a very strict mobile device management policy, which is unusual, most companies don't put their employees' personal devices under uh, an MDM policy, then the best thing to do is to have those devices on their own isolated network that's separate from the trusted environment, so on your guest network. I mean, the way to think about it is you don't trust a guest from an InfoSec standpoint. You don't trust them, right? That's not smart. Um, and you may trust your employees, but you shouldn't really trust their personal devices. Um, and so keep them isolated, and then at least if damage is done through something like this, it is not done within the confines of your trusted environment. That's great advice. And Emily, I want to give you an opportunity too. Do you have anything to add to this article or any things that you thought were interesting uh, from this piece? Um, I just think it's interesting. You know, I think Tim mentioned it was a security app. So what it was was actually three different AV vendors rolled up into an app. Um, and then I guess the users could choose which AV vendor they want to use. So it's the, the people who are using this app are security conscious people and this is what they get for it but um it just no goes, good deed goes, no goes unpunished since they're the largest phone manufacturer in china this probably affected i would say a large swath of people there so um, is a swath is that metric measurement <laughs> one standard? metric swath of one people metric swath was affected in china <laughs> and so it's just something that is a is a, a pretty big threat over there until it was patched. That's good. And it sounds like it was dealt with and handled very quickly by both the researchers that discovered the vulnerability as well as the organization that the actual vulnerability included. Definitely. Which is great. Uh, but this is a fantastic dovetail into the hoodie ratings. So, Emily, I'm going to start with you. All right. What would you rate this at? Um, I think I'm going to put this one between like a three and a four. Okay. Uh, maybe a three and a half just to be a little weaselly like I always am. Um, just because, first and foremost, this has already been patched, so it's no longer a threat as long as you update your Xiaomi device. Um, this is no longer a threat. And on top of that, there's a lot of things that kind of had to go right, um, or you know, right from an attacker perspective, wrong <laughs> from a victim perspective, in order for this to be successful, um, such as 
the user, in this case, you know, not having updated that app yet, or they have to be on the same Wi-Fi network as the bad guy. The bad guy has to be there, like, looking, scanning for devices. Like, there's a lot of things that had to go right. Um, and because it's so specific and not just, you know, one of one of these that we see that can be blasted out and affecting everybody, I think I'm just going to keep it down around a three and a half-ish. Okay. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I'd be probably in the same... Uh, in the same camp. If this weren't patched, it would be a very different story because um, there's not a whole lot that the potential victim could do about it other than just being extremely picky about where they go on Wi-Fi, which technically you should be anyway, but the reality of people's lives is a lot of times they will connect um, when they have the opportunity to do so. So um, I would say that in its patched state, it's, you know, it's Probably a three or so, and that's only because there are probably some unpatched, you know, folks out there. It does kind of carry the, we have the knowledge that there are going to be other vulnerabilities like this, unfortunately. Um, so, and anytime something like this is disclosed, certainly if you're a bad guy, you look at that and go, okay, well, maybe they patched this one, but that gives me an idea about places that I could look and maybe find things that they haven't caught yet. And so... Uh, we'll see what there is in the way of follow-on. But, yep, I think we're in the three range for this one. Okay. Perfect. Thank you both for your input on that. And this is a great opportunity here to change gears into our next article, which is a hardcore Apple phishing campaign, Roaming Mantis. Um, it's more than just Apple. I was opportunistic with the pun here. So I want to apologize um, to the other podcasters here in the room for letting my punmanship outweigh my integrity. So I hope you can forgive me for we'll that. make sure to talk to how it also affects Android. I see what happened. They taught you punmanship in school when they taught the rest of the people penmanship. That's what happened. That explains my terrible writing, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My writing is like a source of encryption, basically. <laughs> you have to have years of terrible handwriting to read it. Um, so here's so here's basically the summary of the article, which is, over the past year, Secureless has published a few blog posts about roaming the Roaming Mantis campaign. And so the article we're talking about today is specifically covering um, an update on their earlier reporting, um, specifically some of the tools, tactics, and procedures, TTPs, if you will. And so the key finding was that the Roaming Mantis actor continues to see ways to compromise iOS devices and has even built a new landing page for iOS users, amongst other things. So that's what I want to dive into today. Um, and Emily, I want to start with you and ask, basically, if you can give us a rundown of this particular attack. Sure. So as you mentioned, um, there's a couple, Roaming Mantis is not a new threat actor, and um, they they haven't really deployed any brand new, you know, malware or anything, but they have updated some of the stuff they've been using over the course of the last year or so. And as you mentioned, one of the things is affecting Apple devices. So they built a new landing page. That's kind of the, the only real like brand new thing is they have this shiny new landing page that um, has uh, so the SecureList article um, or blog post actually has a lot of nice screenshots, but it, it has uh, various pop-ups that prompt the user to enable certain security settings. And once the user has gone through all of this, which kind of baffles me, if I'm just going to a website or doing anything on my phone and I just get pop-up after pop-up after pop-up asking me to 
do various kind of security setting things, I, I am going to take that as a red flag, and I don't know who is not mm-hmm. taking this as Run a red away. flag. Run away. Right. <laughs> but for, you know, those of you out there who are just willing to just click willy-nilly. Live on the edge. <laughs> go for it. After you do that, you will be um, redirected to a phishing site uh, that collects information that includes the what the product, what the device is, what version it's on, um, various IDs, user ID, I don't know what all of these IDs stand for, but there's a lot of ID um, numbers that it's collecting as well. And then um, if you go even one step further, which again, if you're one of the type of people that's just going to be clicking yes to all these things, you may <laughs> be doing this as well. If you put your Apple ID credentials into the site, it then actually is set up to steal the two-factor authentication code as well. Mm. So it will... It talks to Apple to verify that it's a legit Apple ID and then, you know, asks you to input the two-factor authentication code that was texted to your phone as well. So uh, just updated a little bit there on the iPhone side to, to, to do some fishing for a it's subset of people. It's time to do some fishing. <laughs> um, yes, it is. On the malware front, they have been using their malware, which goes by a bunch of different names, but uh, SecureList calls it type A, I believe, Um, and they have been using it for a while. It's not new malware, as I mentioned, but they have noticed an increase in the distribution of this malware since late February of this year, so just in the last couple of months. They actually mentioned in here that they their products, so just Kaspersky's products, have detected this malware over 6,800 times for over 950 unique users during that period, Um, and that's just being detected by Kaspersky products. and the vast majority of users who are being affected by this are located in Russia, Japan, India, Bangladesh, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, Iran, and Vietnam. So um, not overly specific there, but it is. it does look like it's targeting just a lot of people in, in that, you know, portion of the world. Tim, what are your thoughts on this blog post? One of the things, you know, being a DNS-oriented company, we always think about this, um, that goes along with, uh, with this report is that there has been some uh, DNS manipulation, right? Isn't that something that we um, saw as part of this? Yeah, definitely. So in the past, um, this group, Roaming Mantis, has been known to compromise routers in order to overwrite DNS settings. And sure enough, SecureList this time found that that was still a tactic that they were using. So... Um, they found a malicious DNS changer that, sorry, that has compromised several hundred routers already. And what this does is it overwrites the rogue DNS IPs into the DNS settings of the routers. So it makes it, it makes your router. It points your traffic to uh, the, the bad guy's DNS server. Yes, I kept saying it backwards, but that's exactly what okay. it does. <laughs> it does not indeed point you to the good stuff. It points you to the bad <laughs> stuff. So if I could very cruel. They're like, you might also be interested in. This That's better right. content. <laughs> you might also be interested in giving us some more of your passwords. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, though, if they were doing it the way I was just accidentally saying it, where um, they overwrite their own malicious IP with some really <laughs> nice... Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, Tim, I'm going to start with you then in terms of the hoodie ratings. What are you thinking? How scary is this? Um, You know... This is kind of middle of the road. It's very clever, and um, it's uh, sort of nasty attack types that they can carry out. As Emily said, though, it 
it raises red flags along the way. Like you have to kind of be okay with a bunch of warnings that you really shouldn't be okay with um, in order to uh, fall victim to this. And so that helps, right? We've seen certain attacks that are extremely stealthy and extremely hard to detect what's going on underneath. And this one is a little bit less um, subtle. So that mitigates it. I'd probably put it in a five bucket or so, somewhere in that range. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully this gets resolved soon. But that's, I'd probably give it about a five. What about you, Emily? I agree. Um, I have a, I feel myself having a tendency to want to give stuff like this a higher rating, not because it's bad, but because it excites me and I think it's really cool. And so I'm like, this is super cool. It's like a 10. But it's not anywhere close to a 10. It is not come close to a 10, but I just personally find this very interesting and it's exciting and it's something that I would want to watch and follow this threat actor. But realistically, for the same reasons Tim mentioned, I think it is more middle of the road, probably around five. I know I used to always give things four hoodies, but now you're in the three and a half or five. You're just skipping four. Hoodie inflation. (laughs) Four and a sleeve. I don't know. Four and a sleeve. It's another band name. (laughs) Sometimes when you're considering hoodie ratings, it looks like you have this like mental chart in the back of your mind where you're you're like translating what certain parts of hoodies mean in terms of decimal points and integers. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I definitely think almost everything in terms of charts. So this is no different. So. <laughs> We're going to start seeing in these in the back of, uh, what is it, the four-star, five-star notebooks? Yeah. Where it'll be like metric to standard conversion, and then it will be like <laughs> hoodie conversion, and then have them all parsed out. Do you remember uh, <laughs> Pin the Tail on the Donkey? What if we had like pin the sleeves on the hoodie? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's to a make, good idea. Like we yeah. can put hoodies right game. here, and like the worse it gets, we just kind of like... <laughs> I don't think anything would be better than that. That's pretty good. You can't beat that. Well, before we get ourselves into too much trouble, I'm going to set us up for the next conversation here, which is Time Well Serpent. Um, If you did not know, serpents are a type of snake. And what we'll be talking about today is a snake. Are serpents not snakes or a subset of snakes? This feels like a rectangle square type of situation that we're in. Asps. Are another type. <laughs> are they? Yes. Sometime ask me the difference between a snake and a goose, but not during the podcast. <laughs> You'll have to come by next time for episode 10 to know <laughs> the difference between a snake and a goose. Watch out until then if you see any geese, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so time will serpent. So it turns out to celebrate the most important holiday of the year, April Fool's Day. Google added an interactive snake game inside of its Google Maps application for Android and iOS. So the Checkpoint research team decided to game the system, if you will, and um, hack their way to victory. So, Tim, I know you're very passionate about this story. How did this team hack Google Maps Snake? Well, first of all, before I get to that, I'm going to say that uh, this is just such an interesting case of of setting your priorities, right? Because the Google, the, the Checkpoint team here, right, they're busy chasing down bad stuff. We, we cite their research pretty frequently. They're very good at this. Uh, but apparently this game was so compelling that, like, they actually had competing priorities between, like, should we do our jobs and find bad stuff or should we play the snake game? Oh, I know. We should hack the snake game so that we can play the snake game and keep finding out about Work bad stuff in the world. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder. That's exactly what they did. So they actually wrote some simple AI 
in order to um, figure out how to keep playing and, in fact, win the snake game. And um, that was pretty clever. So as a as stepping back, this game, um, as you mentioned, Kelsey, was part of um, the uh, Maps application in Android and iOS. As an aside, I didn't even know that they did this on April Fool's Day. I wish I had had a chance to spot this particular game. But um, they popped this thing out into an emulator, reverse engineered it, and uh, added some artificial intelligence so that not only did it play in a way that would win, but it, uh, it auto-played. So they didn't even have to play a hacked version of it. They just had the hacked version of it play itself. So they could declare victory in the snake game and keep protecting the world from bad stuff. That's pretty good in my book. I, you know, kudos to Checkpoint. They had, that was an April Fool's Day well spent. There's some good news and some bad news. Good news is that was fantastic. Bad news is we've lost Emily. It's still available to the She's game. playing the snake game it's... right now, folks. <laughs> right on live podcast. I'm sorry about your podcast. But I got to pick up these people in my big train in Cairo. <laughs> I'm thinking, have you Big heard Train of... in Cairo. That's an album title. <laughs> well, we've got the band names. All right, putting it down, Kelsey. Sorry. <laughs> well, have you all heard of the um, the app Air Traffic that no. Google has? Well, imagine if they did this on that app. Then we would have snakes on a plane. <sighs> next year. Next year. opportunity. <laughs> As for royalties when they do that next year. Exactly. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is going to be getting the royalties. <laughs> exactly. As long as there's an Easter egg with him doing sound, <laughs> it'll be good. That's all we need. Well, this one is, to, you know, first of all, I should ask Emily, now that you've experienced <laughs> this wonderful game. I can understand. Oh, my, my main thought is I can understand why they put it, put aside a whole day of <laughs> legitimate work to play that because uh, I'm feeling the addiction coming on. The addiction. I really just want to keep playing. But, yeah, no, it's just funny. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show, and... Uh, they since they they rigged the game so they couldn't lose. They like got rid of the walls and they so like the snake could go in and out of the walls. It's not how snake works. And I just feel like it's hilarious. I mean, no offense, but the people that are gonna like hack a game to make it so you can't lose are the same people that in elementary school would yell time out right when they were about to get out and like tag or something, you know? Like you gotta play. That's my move, rules. Emily. It's my move. <laughs> Kelsey's never lost a game of tag. Never in lost life. a game. <laughs> Just don't play anymore. That's the way to stay on top. <laughs> go out on Just top. Just go like out George on Costanza. top. <laughs> I haven't played since the second grade. Well, I will win. <laughs> I will win the snake game within the confines of the rules that Google has for me. <laughs> well, let me know if that happens, Emily. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel right to put a hoodie rating on this. Maybe let's think about it in this context. Oh no. What is the risk to your organization <laughs> of your very valuable people? discovering this game how many hoodies will you lose this will have to be negative hoodies like a productivity loss yeah productivity loss. i mean i was playing cost. it in the middle of our <laughs> this is the most active i have to be in my job is recording a podcast <laughs> and i'm playing the game so, <laughs> so, so that's arguing for a pretty high I, yeah. I don't know that it's negative hoodies though this might be positive hoodies it right is. it's like degrading your capabilities the same way that company. like ransomware would right Exactly. Yes. So this might not be negative hoodies. Let's what do you try. Think? Let's try this new thing. Rather than you going one after another, I want you. Oh God. We're gonna do a countdown, and you're gonna shout your rating 
Maybe not shout. Oh, I'll shout. Say your rating <laughs> at the same time. So it's positive, and this is risk to the organization yes. as far as productivity. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go three, two, one. Are we going one. legitimate, or are we going, like, outrageous? Are you, you look like you're actually thinking. Okay, let me actually think. Okay. I, let's not overthink this. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say three, two, one, and then you're going to yell them. Not three, two, one, go. Oh, Somebody's okay, going to look okay. a fool. Okay, three, two, one, and then <laughs> you say them. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Five. Three. Dang it, Tim. Average of four. That's pretty good. It is. Here, I let just me say, panicked and went with the midpoint. I'll not lie. Well, you're also kind of uh, partial to five these days. Five's yeah. been kind of your number, so you're very consistent. That's Emily, good. five hoodies hacker. But I will give the caveat. Oh, I was going to say that I have not yet played the game, and so once I've started to play it, it's entirely possible that my hoodie rating would go I'm up feeling a little anxious now that I'm not playing. Like, <laughs> snake withdrawals oh, no. are real. This is how they get you. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, we're going to go let Emily play Snake on her Google Maps. Thanks, Kelsey. Until next time. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at blog.domaintools.com. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.